we're going to do, uh, I mentioned earlier with Roger, uh, a show, basically a theme of voices from downstate. And, you know, in this time where we pretty much had divisions over regionalism, those kinds of things, uh, and I think it's been accelerated by the stay-at-home order and the uh, coronavirus restrictions, I wanted to uh, have a variety of voices on from downstate and get an idea of their perspective of how the coronavirus is affecting their regions as well as their industries. And uh, to borrow from Orion Samuelson, I guess, my first guest this evening, is Richard Gubert. He is the 15th president of the Illinois Farm Bureau, and he is a a corn, soybean, wheat farmer uh, from, I I guess, near Redbud, which would be a southeast area, south of the uh, metro east area. Uh, President Gubert, thank you so much for joining me. Rich is fine, but it's my pleasure, Rick, to be a part of your show here this evening in Chicagoland. Well, and, and you know, I, I spent a good good deal of time downstate, and, and I, uh, I have a, a very much an appreciation for uh, downstate and understand the, the various cultural differences, those kinds of things. But, you know, when we look here in the, in the big city and uh, we start seeing that maybe uh, the grocery store doesn't have everything we need, or is running short of things, uh, especially things like uh, meat and and produce. Um, I think there's some major concerns going on about you know where are we as far as as the Illinois farmer and the supply chain. Well, it is it um, <laughs> it is kind of a tough and uh, situation at this point in time. Uh, if if you look back over the years, we've not only agriculture but businesses have have um, transitioned to a 24-hour on-demand uh, delivery system just in, uh, to the, wherever the, the, whatever we need. Yeah, the just-in-time kind of uh, concept. Absolutely. Whether you need parts for your tractor or you need uh, things delivered into whatever uh, grocery store or whatever. Uh, you place your order, and within 12 or 24 hours, uh, you'll have it um, into your warehouse and ready to stock the shelves. But we've, what we've really found is how fragile our delivery system really is uh, when it comes to particularly uh, the COVID-19 or a pandemic that we're into right now, uh, particularly on the livestock or the, the agriculture side. Um, we raise a lot of uh, commodities on the farm from corn, soybeans, uh, vegetables, uh, specialty crops, uh, livestock, particularly corn, um, uh, cattle and, and hogs, poultry, and, um, and, and we milk a lot of cows here in the state of Illinois. And it has to get from the farm gate to the processor, uh, to the warehouses, and then to the grocery shelves. So whenever there is a hiccup, you might say, in any link in that chain, uh, there is going to be disruptions and a real challenge going forward. And we've seen that in in just about every sector of agriculture uh, here in the last um, 60 to 90 days. 
Well, I mean, obviously, we know the stories about the, the uh, some of the processing plants and the uh, effect that uh, the spread of the uh, virus has had among workers at processing plants, uh, leading some for to shut down. Um, and obviously, that's kind of close contact work uh, in those uh, processing plants. Uh, but then we have the the president uh, saying that. Uh, all those plants are going to be up and running, and they're going to be up and running soon. Uh, I mean, is there confidence that that's going to happen, or that that people are going to want to, you know, go back to work in in this situation? Well, there's a, there's a number of factors that play into that. One, the facilities have to be, uh, if they're shut down, are continually cleaned and disinfected, and those employees. Um, need to have their temperature ta- uh, taken as they come in, be tested for Corona-19, uh, have the, the appropriate um, uh, uh, gear when they're working in the plant, and then uh, be tested again as they leave and take all the precautions that have been laid out by the CDC um, and, and going forward, take more frequent breaks to to wash their hands and and do what they need to do uh, to meet those guidelines. Um, And, you know, a number of those workers need a paycheck. And so there there is some challenges there, whether they have family members that uh, have contacted the the virus or uh, those that want to come into work, uh, worry about contacting it from some other worker in the plant or even when they're not in the plant, when they're in their own homes or our uh, facilities, uh, in you know, in their off hours. So there's there's a lot of challenges going forward, and we hope that you know, with this new order that the president has put out, um, that you know, we want our workers to be safe. We want to have all the uh, corrective gear that they need um, so that they can continue to do their jobs and. Hopefully, sooner than later, we can get back up to full capacity because that impact there uh, with the processing facilities does have an impact of farmers out on the farm um, because we're we're in a uh, uh, we have livestock that's ready to go uh, needs to be marketed when they're of the appropriate size. Um, cows have to be milked twice a day at least, uh, and that's a perishable product has to go to town when when they're ready. And you take a pork facility um, on the farm, they need to move hogs out, completely disinfect and clean their facilities uh, because they got baby pigs coming in probably four days after the building is emptied. Um, because the other farmer that was raising the baby pigs needs to make room because his sows are coming in to have babies, and, you know, it's, it's, it's the process that goes on. Um, and it's we're all on a timeline, and you can, you got a time to the day. I'm glad you brought that up. I want to talk to you more about this uh, subject because of uh, uh, what's going on in the pork industry. We're speaking with Richard Gobert. He is the president of the Illinois Farm Bureau. I'm Rick Pearson. This is the Sunday Spin.
546 on this Sunday, Mother's Day Sunday evening. I'm Rick Pearson of the Chicago Tribune here in the WGN Skyline studio. And joining me on the phone is the president of the Illinois Farm Bureau, Richard Gubert. We've been talking a bit about supply chain issues. And, and Richard, I have to tell you, uh, you know, I, we see these stories about, you know, processing, supply chain, whatever. But I guess maybe it hit home to me when I saw that the uh, – five uh, Republican members of, of Congress here from Illinois who primarily uh, represent uh, agricultural-based districts, uh, sending a letter uh, asking that uh, the, the governor uh, uh, get special federal assistance for the safe disposal of euthanized hog carcasses. I mean, the fact that they can't they can't get them to market, and that that some of these farmers are being forced to euthanize uh, their livestock is uh, just unbelievable. You know, it's been I I can't remember the last time we in agriculture had taken those types of measures, but you know, we in 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 agriculture, particularly Farm Bureau, are very appreciative of uh, the, you know, the uh, working with Interim Director Jerry Costello, who has uh, just been on the job, what, six, eight weeks at the most. Uh, we've been in conversation with him almost daily, trying to figure out a way forward that is uh, economical, uh, the safe and proper way to to deal with these types of disposals, um, and and uh, there's a number of opportunities to do that. Either and 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 you know the congressmen and women that have sent letters uh, to the governor, uh, that's what it takes to to have FEMA involved uh, in this operation for for dollars and to help assist uh, getting that disposal taken care of in an appropriate manner. We've also been in conversation with Director John Kim of IEPA to make sure that we meet all the corrective standards. And, you know, we in agriculture are environmental stewards uh, day in and day out, and we really want to do it appropriately uh, if we have to um, uh, come to those types of measures. So uh, we're looking at a number of different opportunities and different programs provided to us by USDA. One is the EQIP program um, for some reimbursement or partial reimbursement uh, to livestock producers uh, for for those livestock as they're disposed of. So, you know, we continue to work on on a daily basis to see uh, what we have to do and when and to take care of it and make sure that we do it in an appropriate manner. But one other thing that we've done here in Illinois, and I'm very proud of our county farm bureaus, proud of the American Farm Bureau and USDA, who has uh, stepped up and 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 put dollars, uh, bought hogs, bought cattle, um, bought milk, and put it into food banks around the state or in their local communities. Uh, because there is a, a, a dire need for those types of facilities um, and, and, and goods um, if we can't get it to the marketplace in an appropriate place or manner, uh, then do that and still be able to feed and take care of, um, of consumers across the country. You know, it's always been our goal 
um, that we want to feed and nourish this country. And each link in this food chain must work efficiently and safely uh, that we can accomplish that. Well, Richard, you brought up, a, a, actually, I was going to ask you about this because I saw uh, on Twitter a tweet from the president yesterday uh, that uh, basically he said, starting early next week at my order, the USA will be purchasing from our farmers, ranchers, and specialty crop growers $3 billion worth of dairy, meat, and produce for food lines and kitchens, farmers to family food box, great news for all. Um, how, how is this going to work? Well, they come directly to the to the farm um, and purchase those products, pay for the processing. If and that's the challenge we got is find a processing facility that can deal with it, or go directly to these processing plants and pick up those, um, uh, whether it's pork or beef. Go to dairy processing facilities and buy that milk, um, and and to get it to the food banks. What we've really seen is 60 to 65% of the products that we produce or that is processed goes to the hotel and restaurant industry. And that is packaged totally different um, uh, sizes and shapes and quantities than what is put on the grocery shelves. So, that's, so that's... some of these processing facilities have to re- reshift and, and change their packaging uh, to get it to either to the food bank or to the grocery shelves. That's that, that you bring up the the next question I had was how much we talk about the processors, uh, but and and issues that with the processors, but how much of you know the shutdown of of the restaurant industry? How much does that also affect kind of this backlog in the supply chain? Well, that that has a, a, a tremendous impact, particularly in the dairy industry where you see a lot of cheese that is packaged in, you know, 5, 10, 20-pound uh, packages and goes to the restaurant industries. A lot of beef is sold either on a quarter or larger size uh, packaging uh, to get it to the restaurants and how they deal with it. More so, It's just so different than going to the grocery shelves and where you sell individual steaks or a roast or however that may be. And there's a lot of restaurants in that that buy, let's say, a 20-pound um, loin roast or whatever that may be, or loin, and then they cut it up the way they see fit for what they, the items they have on their menu or what they're putting out curbside. But we're very thankful that the restaurants are stepping up and doing curb service and still providing uh, meals for folks to pick up at the curb or to have delivered right to their home. We've obviously been talking about uh, livestock, dairy, but, uh, I mean, are there other issues here for uh, for farmers of, uh, you know, of crops as far as... Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You, you look at whether it's corn or soybeans, every sector or every commodity is, is, is in the tank, you might say, way below the cost of production. Um, but corn, soybeans in particular, um, 40% of the corn that is grown here in the state of Illinois uh, goes through ethanol plants or through livestock. 50% goes through livestock. Uh, so when those get backed up or there's shifts and changes there, uh, that really changes. Nobody's driving, so we don't need gasoline or we don't need ethanol to go into the blender pumps. And, and so that makes it a real challenge if you're a grain farmer. 
at the same time. So how long can you store the grain? We can store the grain uh, six months up to a year without any trouble. Uh, we can do store those commodities much easier than we can beef, pork, poultry, or milk. So at least there's if if the storage is available. Absolutely. Is that a problem, though? I mean, the availability of storage. Not at this point in time. It could be a problem come September, October, when we start the harvest. A lot of farmers are holding their corn and soybeans. Uh, we're getting ready for wheat harvest here in Southern Illinois in the next 30 to 45 days. Uh, and if your bins are full, you're going to have to sell at those depressing prices uh, just so you got room to put uh, the new crop coming in uh, in those grain facilities or grain bins. Richard, overall, I mean, uh, is the response to what farmers are seeing from government, is it satisfactory? From what we've been told, whether it's on the USDA level, uh, which is where, um, you know, the support mainly comes from, right. as a farmer, I'd rather get it in the marketplace. But we, what we think is coming and what we've been told um, sounds encouraging. Will it make us whole? Absolutely not. Uh, but I think there's opportunities down the road. You know, it, it takes a while to get through the system uh, in Washington, D.C. You know, Congress, we're very thankful that Congress uh, had approved the dollars uh, for the secretary in the CCC area and other dollars that, uh, could be distributed, whether it's in specialty growers, livestock, grain facilities, uh, but then it has to go through the Office of Mon- uh, Management and Budget and then be approved, and then, you know, then it is doled out. Um, our livestock farmers um, are in dire straits right now. Uh, they call me almost on a daily basis, wanting to know when things are going to happen, that they'll be getting some checks because some of them, don't know if they're going to make it from this week to next week. And uh, not only is that a financial stress on the producer, but the mental stress is is mounting out here in the countryside as well. And it's not only here in, in Illinois, but it's across the country, um, those farmers that are impacted and, and having a pretty tough time. I mean, farming's never easy. Uh... <laughs> And, and you know, if it's, it, it's, and it's always something, it's, you know, the weather, whatever, but when this comes out of nowhere, uh, it, it has to be very stressful mentally. Absolutely. You know, we look back, agriculture has been uh, under stress uh, for the last six or seven years. You add in uh, the tariff issues and challenges with trade agreements whether it's, you know, around the world, uh, you know, at the latter part of last year, we saw um, a bilateral agreement with Japan, which was great uh, for our dairy and, and corn producers and, and, and cheese. Then we got a, a deal with uh, an agreement with USMCA with Mexico and Canada and the United States, which was great. And then right at the end of the year or the first part of the year, uh, we reached a phase one agreement. Uh, with China. And we, in agriculture, we're seeing a little light at the end of the tunnel. And then just as we thought we were going to get back up on our feet, uh, Corona-19 rears its ugly head and 
uh, sends everything southbound again, not only in agriculture, but across the country. And you look at the unemployment, you look at the stores and communities that are shut down, the challenges in the hospitals. Um, our members really worry about rural communities and, and their local mom-and-pop businesses. And I was just going to ask you about that because, I mean, the farmers are part of the background of those those rural economies. Absolutely. I mean, we handle a lot of dollars in agriculture, don't get to keep much, um, but we do spend it around, uh, whether it's at the local restaurants, your machinery dealers, um, you look at the auto parts stores, uh, the car dealers, you name it, we're, we have to keep our machinery and equipment updated and upgraded. Um, it does break down, so you have to fix it. And we have to keep our farms and, and, and farmsteads uh, looking nice and looking good. It's just what we do. Uh, we take pride in, in everything that we do out here uh, in rural America. That's Richard Gobert. He's the president of the Illinois Farm Bureau. Richard, thank you so much for joining me and uh, giving uh, the folks up here a perspective of uh, what's going on out on the farm. My pleasure, Rick. And anytime, don't hesitate to call. Visit, visit with your listeners out in Chicagoland area. We'll be back with more right after this.